The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Empower Radio presents The Miracle of Healing with Lisa Campion. Meet healers, learn different modalities, and hear empowering stories of people on their healing journey. The Miracle of Healing on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Lisa Campion. Hello, I'm Lisa Campion, and this is The Miracle of Healing on Empower Radio, where conscious people come together to explore the world of healing and heal the planet one person at a time. So here's a crazy concept to get your mind around. What if it's true that everything's electric? And this seemingly simple observation has can have a really profound impact on how we think about ourselves and how we, especially as healers, um, relate to the world of healing, health, um, mental, physical, and emotional vitality. And I'm super happy to have Eileen McCusick here with us today. She's an expert on this emerging field of electric health and has taught thousands how to transform themselves effortlessly by learning how to think electrically. And Eileen has written this incredible book, um, Electric Body, Electric Health. Um, I was super lucky to get an advanced copy of it (laughs) and I've been um, reading it ever since. So um, welcome so much today. Uh, Thank you for so much for being here today. Hey Lisa, thank you. It's great to be here with you. Yeah, you too. So what is this whole thing about electric, electric, the world is electric, the universe is electric, we're electric, what's up with that? Where did you get to that? I became aware of the electrical nature of our bodies and life and the universe and everything through my own research as a sound therapist. I picked up a set of tuning forks in 1996 and started experimenting with them in my part-time massage therapy practice. And from the very beginning observed inexplicable phenomena of interaction with the sound with the body that that I didn't understand. And so I ended up going on a deep dive, both experientially through many thousands of hours in the clinic and also through academia. I went Mm. to college as an adult and uh, got a master's degree. I wrote a master's thesis called Exploring the Effects of Audible Sound on the Human Body and Its Biofield. And then that became the basis for my first book, Tuning the Human Biofield. And then continued research really woke me up to, and the timing was really good here because over the last few years when I was doing research for electric body, electric health, 
a tremendous amount of information began to surface in the popular media relating to the electric nature of life, that soil bacteria is electric and that the moon is magnetic and all kinds of articles like that, that I was finding in things like National Geographic and Nature. So I actually was able to pull from mainstream uh, sources and peer-reviewed studies mm. to to help to flesh out this picture of the electrical nature of life. It's something that's actually been sort of hidden in plain view for us. Yeah, and, and what is it? I mean, I, I, I know as an energy healer and as a you know person who's interested in science um, too, that mostly we are coming from this paradigm where we're, we're sort of biochemical in nature, where we're like a chemistry set and, and everything that's going on inside of us is a, down to chemical reactions that are happening in the body. And this idea of electricity sort of uh, trumps the idea of biochemistry in some ways, supersedes that or, or um, becomes more the foundation of who we are rather than the biochemical nature of us. Yeah, it's the primary system, really, that determines whether we're alive or dead. You know, when we're alive and our light is on and our heart is beating and that EKG is showing the pulse of life and electricity right. through the body. And then when you die, that you flatline and that light goes out. So it's really our electric body, right? And if your heart stops, you can jumpstart it with the same electricity that comes from the wall. Mm, wow, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So Maybe we, we think of Frankenstein, like Frankenstein's monster. He like takes, you know, a corpse and like lightnings it and brings it back to life that way too. Yeah. The electrification mm. that is yeah. the, the, the movement of life itself, mm. the, the electric juice that is aliveness that somehow our culture has really managed to tell us almost that it doesn't even really exist, which is sort of odd. And this came to you through a conversation you had with your son about plasma and ether. Is that where kind of it all started for you? Well, in a way, yes, that it was that conversation. It was a real turning point because I was working on my master's degree and I was starting to put together the pieces of what was going to be my thesis. And I was trying to understand the nature of the experience I was having with the tuning forks. Mm -hmm. I discovered that the tuning forks, as I move them through the atmosphere around the body, that I would encounter areas that felt like there was mass and charge present. And, and so much so that the tuning fork, you know, moving through space would all of a sudden stop and feel stuck. But after a little while of being there, it was like the sound would break up the stuckness. And then I found that I could actually move that charge with the vibrating tuning fork. Like you might use a magnetic stylus to move iron filings. Right. And so I, I had these two sort of burning questions. What, what is this stuff that I'm encountering? Because it feels like it has mass. Therefore, it should be studied by science. And what law of physics is determining that I can actually move this charge with a vibrating tuning fork? Like, is sound magnetic? What, what's going on here? And so then sort of coincidentally, my son was reading some books on science that I gave him for his 12th birthday. And he came to the dinner table one night and he said, did you know that there's a fourth state of matter called plasma? 
And I, and I didn't, I only learned about solid, liquid, and gas, which I think that's all most of us learn about. Right. And so took me on a very deep dive into the plasma rabbit hole. I spent the next four months learning everything I could about fourth state of matter, discovering that it was completely ubiquitous, that it was everywhere and in everything. It was, again, it was just sort of hidden in plain view and sort of described in a way that was obfuscating. <laughs> so, and then I discovered that that people are extremely disconnected from this awareness of their own electrical nature. It's a, it's a little hard for people to grasp, yeah. even though we need bits and parts and pieces, like we get our heart is electric. Most people get their brain waves are electric or that our blood carries a charge or the nervous system is electric. So you start to look at all of these pieces and you go, well, my goodness, that's all part of an electrical system in its entirety. And mm. it's a basic law of science that anything that has an electric current running through it has a magnetic field around it. Right. Now, the word biofield has been used to describe the field around the body. But what I've really come to see is that you can't separate the field around the body and the electric current through the body. Like they're two sides of the same coin. So if we can accept that there is electric current running through our body, and as long as that current is present, our heart is beating, then we have to, by logic, accept that there's also a magnetic field around the body and that this electric current and magnetic field comprises our electrical system in its entirety. Right. Yeah. And one, and, uh, one of the things that's so interesting is what, what it, get all, it gets all blocked up. It gets all you know, distorted or jammed up. And, and the, a lot of the work that you do with people is to clear the static out of the sound, is to clear the static out of the field. And that has like really profound impact on us, right? It has like intense impact on our health, on our well-being, on our emotional states when we clean out that static. Yeah, exactly. Because our biofield, our electrical system is our experience of ourself. It's our mind. It's our consciousness. It's our subconsciousness. It's our body. It's everything. It's the pain we feel, the emotional upset we feel, the, the dreams that we dream, the intentions that we set are all happening electromagnetically. And we're very much like electric acoustic instruments that life beats us up and we end up horribly out of tune with crossed wires and pipes that don't function and keys that don't sound. And, and we, we, we get our instruments tuned, we get our cars tuned, but this idea of tuning ourselves and getting in tune is a lot easier to relate to if you think about the electric body, the electrical system as the essence of who we are. And the biofield tuning practice is one of finding areas in the system where there's noise and resistance. And just staying there with a tuning fork, basically, and reflecting that back to the body. Now, our bodies are designed, our factory settings are for us to be in beautiful harmony and to be in coherent relationship with ourselves and our environment, connected to nature and connected to the nature of ourselves. But we've become so distorted with so much noise in the signal, not only our own from our own traumas, but culturally there's a tremendous amount of noise in the signal educationally we're fed a lot of misinformation and half truths um and then ancestrally we've accumulated 
a lot of noise in our signals from our ancestors' traumas. They absolutely inform us, and there's plenty of science to support that. So a lot of people who are trying to heal come at it at the level of me and mine, and very often go roots of eating clean, exercising, that sort of thing. But what they're really missing is the the fundamental electric instrumentation that they are and the kinds of tones that they're emitting. Because if we're really out of tune, we're going to make out of tune sounds. Sound is absolutely creative. We're going to create out of tune lives. We're going to have a lot of discord and drama and noise in the signal. But when we clarify our own signal and we bring our electric body into tune so that all of your strings are tuned just the right way, all of your pipes are open and clean, every key is makes a, the right sound, and we keep our overall voltage up, we have a strong, clear, bright signal, then the body just naturally falls in line in a harmonious way, emotionally, mentally, and physically. And how do we do that? How do we work on, on cleaning stuff out? Well, part of it, a big part of it, a great place to start is just with awareness and just all of a sudden thinking about yourself as electrically, thinking about your overall energy level. Like if if you're a battery and you have a battery meter of one to 100, where does your battery meter fall? Like, where are you on that scale? Mm-hmm. And when I ask that question, most people kind of an answer pops into mind. Do you even, did a number come to your mind, Lisa? Um, well, I feel like I'm uh, like operating a little bit on the low scale today, but I would say like 65% is what came to my mind. Yeah. And you were up late, right? I was, up, late. Yeah, I was up all night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and not sleeping is, will definitely lower your, your voltage. You, to me, I always talk about how sleep is my religion. It's really good rest is the cornerstone mm. of electric health. So figuring out ways to just sleep better. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, bottle tuning, I mean, obviously I'm going to say bottle tuning because it can help with so many things. Uh, you can do bottle tuning on yourself. I've got a little video on my website that tells you how to use tuning forks on yourself. So that's one way. You can do it with your own voice, with mm-hmm. tuning and chanting and learning how to sing, discovering your own body as an instrument and mm-hmm. starting to out how to enjoy playing it because because really it's the most powerful thing that we have and so one really simple way to start to clarify your signal with your own voice is to commit to speaking only truth to communicating writing expressing only truth because even when we tell little lies we're putting our field out of integrity we're adding noise to the signal no, the truth is clear. It's loud and clear. It, it rings. It has a resonance. And so the more truth that comes out of you, the more you're going to clarify your own signal. And I don't mean like in a mean way, right? Sometimes when we talk about like speaking our truth, there's some kind of confrontation or something involved. It doesn't have to be that way. It's mm-hmm. very possible to speak our truth diplomatically, kindly, successfully, without charge. Mm-hmm. So that's just one simple way right off the bat. Just don't tell any untruths at all, ever. That's great. And I, I think if we do that, what happens is our life begins to change around us too, right? Because truth has such a powerful resonance. And when we speak our truth, the world will change. Our world will change in probably ways that are that are that that put us more into coherence, as you say. Like, 
you know, we, we need to have that coherence between who we are and how we live our lives. And when we are truthful and, 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 and sincere and full of integrity in who we really are, I, I just see that all the time when people start <clears throat> diving into inner work, their world changes in a positive yeah. way. And it might get it might get a little uncomfortable to begin with, because if we've been in the habit of telling mm -hmm. other people what they want to hear, being nice, holding back, and then we start actually telling the truth, it can lead to some destruction yeah. before the, the coherent recreations. It's just yes. something to keep in mind that falsehoods will fall away and everything that was being fed by them will yeah. change. And sometimes it's difficult. Yeah, that's definitely totally worth it. Yeah, totally. It's like temporarily difficult for a long term yeah. coherence. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> you talk a lot about in, in your work in this book um, about raising your voltage. And I know we've been talking already about some ways to do that. But what, what else can we do to raise our voltage? What else helps? Well, breath, breathing is really, so there's another cornerstone of having good voltage because most of our electric juice gets delivered to our system through our breath. And again, looking at life from this sort of chemical mechanical way, we've been taught, oh, it's oxygen that you need. But actually, if you go a little deeper into that equation, you find that oxygen, the oxygen molecule has four free electrons that bind to the hemoglobin in our blood and then get transferred to cells. So the primary place where we are breathing life into ourselves is the lungs and the diaphragm and our ability to take full, free, regular, rhythmic breaths. And many people don't do that because we've been really taught to suppress ourselves, yeah. to suppress our voices, to suppress our emotions, to... Uh, resist our pain. And many people are expending huge amounts of energy holding these discomforts in and down and back. And if you actually bring your breath to them, then you feel them. Right. And so, so that's why many people become shallow breathers because there's too much pain and discomfort and God knows what else down in the deep belly, down in the bowels mm. of our field. Um, there's too much discomfort. And so healing is really a process of excavating and expressing these sounds and feelings that are buried in us that we don't go there. And so breath doesn't go there. And, and really that's where cancer begins. Cancer mm -hmm. is a consequence of insufficient oxygen to particular regions. And they're very often memories or emotions of, of places we just won't go because mm -hmm. it's too or it's too uncomfortable. So liberating the breath, and we can do this certainly through exercise. We can do it through singing and dancing, through chanting, through any kind of mindful breath exercise. A lot of people love Wim Hof, just mm. for get, getting that engine going, getting that yeah. blood flowing and that electricity to all of your cells. And it's free. It's cheap. You know, it's That's easy. That's cool. And I, one of your other um, tips that I love so much that I've practice a lot myself these days is the barefoot barefoot on the ground as a way to kind of ground and create uh connect um the circuit we have with the earth can we talk about that for a minute too yeah so you know i've been studying health and wellness since 1987 and i have used my own body as 
a laboratory and experimented with a great many different approaches, all different kinds of diets and supplements and exercise programs and gadgets, and nothing produced the profound effects that simply taking off my shoes and going barefoot did. I was astonished when I first developed the practice of earthing or grounding back in 2012, I think I started going for a half an hour barefoot walk. There was a cemetery up the road from where I lived. It had this great big grassy field that they kept mowed short. And I would go out there every morning and walk barefoot. <clears throat> and over time, my gait changed. I went from being a heel striker to a toe striker. I never forget the day that happened. I was out walking barefoot and all of a sudden my gait shifted and I stopped landing on my heels and started landing on my toes. And I felt like a ninja. I was like, Oh, <laughs> this is a more natural human way to walk, you know, being on your toes and having a spring in your step. But it also puts us into electromagnetic equilibrium with our environment. If we're electromagnetic beings living in an electromagnetic environment, which we are, rubber is an insulator. Mm. And so when we wear rubber-soled shoes, we're stopping the descending current of electricity flowing through our fields from grounding into the earth. And we're stopping the ascending current of the negative electricity coming up from the earth into our bodies. And it's actually incredibly exhausting. I, start, I got in the habit of going hiking barefoot and sort of climbing various little mountains around Vermont barefoot. And I was amazed that I could get up to the top, you know, usually up to the top when you're kind of dragging ass a little bit and you're like, oh, mm. panting. I felt like a mountain goat. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was wow. really, really astonishing. So consider rubber soles and, you know, get grounded. Now, people always ask me about grounding devices and sheets and mats. I'm just not a gadget gal. I'm really, I'll go out and hug a tree before I'll put something plugged into a wall on my bed. <laughs> you know? So, well, Yeah, I get you too. And what do we do? Like, you know, we live in New England. You're in Vermont. I'm in Rhode Island. What do we do? It's snowing today um, when we can't get out and, and put our bare feet on the ground. I mean, I guess we could, but. Well, I don't, I'm not that <laughs> brave. I definitely have friends who are. Uh, I think that uh, really, truly hugging trees does because they're connected mm -hmm. to the ground. And when you yeah. hug a tree, you do it. I learned to do it with my mind though. I, I've learned to actually really connect my field all the way down to the earth so that even if I'm outside in my muck boots <clears throat> walking through the snow, I'm still very consciously grounding to the earth. Our minds are really powerful and what we intend and what we direct very consciously and intentionally, especially like the less noise you have in your signal and the stronger your voltage is, the more powerful your intention is, the more powerful your ability to manifest or to materialize things, to speak things into being yeah. because your signal is clear and strong and the universe responds to that. If our signal is weak and muddy, it's very hard uh, for that creation to take place successfully. Hmm. So if I simply intend that my field is grounded and that I'm receiving and descending, even though I have rubber on, then it works. That's my experience. Right. Now that said, I would much rather be barefoot. Yeah. So <laughs> if I could, whenever I can, I am a lot. And what I found was, is that from going barefoot a lot, my feet actually haven't gotten tough. They're actually still very soft. But my feet are very intelligent. They become much more intelligent in the way that they respond to something sharp. Hmm. 
So it isn't about toughening up. It's actually about becoming more intelligent and actually sensitive and responsive. To right. A little proprioceptive. Yeah. You know, and most of yeah. us have that proprioception in our hands, but we probably don't have it in our feet because our feet are covered up all the time. Right. And that's the reason why a lot of old people fall and break their hips is because their feet are immobilized and their motions become uh, limited. So they don't have that alive and aware proprioception. One of the things like they've discovered that older folks who ballroom dance are much less likely to fall or get Alzheimer's because they are engaged in that proprioceptive process. As a ballroom dancer myself, I can tell you it's very good for my voltage. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. It's dancing and singing. Like there's nothing better laughing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. I love it. Um, let's help people find your work a little bit. So um, how can people get in touch with you? Well, we have a new website, electrichealth.com. And this is the, it's the beginnings. It's definitely a, a site that's going to evolve. What I wanted to do with electrichealth.com was really introduce people, not just to my work, but I've compiled uh, at least 40 peer-reviewed journal articles on the science of the human biofield, and also many of the articles that I use to reference my book. So there's a huge amount of resources there for people who want to go down this rabbit hole. There's Mm. just a lot here. There's a lot of little snippets and tastes and bites that introduce you to the electric nature of life and the human biofield. And then there's the opportunity to go on a much deeper dive. And I've also listed a whole bunch of my colleagues who are also doing this kind of research. So there's there's just a wealth of information for people who are excited about this. I know for me, when I sort of started to discover and understand and live electric health is really exciting. It's all new. And yet many people have the experience that it just makes sense, that it, that it really resonates with us. Um, and then my book, uh, Electric Body, Electric Health, which came out um, a week before yours, Lisa. I know, here it is. Beautiful. Yeah. Yep. So that's, that's there. There's uh, Kindle and paperback and also audiobook. And I read the audiobook. So, um, cool. so that's an option. You'll learn all about, you know, the, the electric nature of life, the universe and everything. It's all in there. And one of the things that I do is break it all down and make it really easy to understand. So I'm pretty good at uh, availing myself to complex topics, digesting them, and then presenting them in a way that pretty much anybody can get. So it isn't too heady or too sciencey. That's great. That's so good. So Eileen McCusick, thank you so much for being here. And I hope everyone runs right out and and reads your book. And I had the pleasure of, um, of getting, um, you know, getting it before everybody else because I endorsed it. Um, And, and I just, I just think this is like a paradigm changing um, book, especially for, for us tailor types and people that have been working for a long time and and doing things like Reiki as many people who are listening to my show do that. Um, This is this, Uh, your work and this material you have and that you've collected on your beautiful website, um, I think can take us to another level. Like it's the next evolution of where we're going as healers. So thank you so much for being here and thank you so much for your work. Absolutely. Thank you, Lisa. And thanks all of you guys for tuning in and and watching and listening to us. You can um, come and visit me on my website, lisacampion.com. I'd love if you drop by and say hello. And uh, super big love to you all for being with us today here on The Miracle of Healing, where we are saving the planet one person at a time right here on Empower Radio.
I'm Laura Worcester, host of the Intuitive Life Podcast. As an intuitive medium and teacher working with the world of spirit, I love to share the peace that comes with the awareness that our departed loved ones are still with us. And I also love to help people explore what it means to live an intuitively led life. Start listening now on mindbodyspirit.fm or wherever you get your podcasts.